Hey everybody, this is Richard from the Metal Cell Podcast. I'm delighted to welcome a score of talented people here tonight. I have Mo Sheeran. How are you, Mo? Hello, how are you? All Welcome good. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Adrian Foley, how are you, my man? How's it going, Richie? Hello, everyone. And we have Molly's iPad down the corner, which is <laughs> Keith McCoy. How are you, Keith? She's in bed. She'll, she'll take it off. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> So welcome to the show, lads. Uh, this is all about solo projects. Um, I love championing them on the show, really. So um, I've been kind of following all your stuff with interest. And, um, I, you know, it's wonderful what you're doing. So I really would like to kind of get a, an insight into where you are with some of them. I know some of you are, are actually finished and released. I think I'll start with you, Mo, because you, you're in the throes of I suppose making final decisions on stuff. Are you or, or is that part even gone now? Whereabouts are you? Um at the moment we're just um we're in the process of releasing three singles by the end of uh June. Finger crossed we're writing <laughs> in our little perfectionist uh traits in there as well. You know when you kind of revisit songs back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. But we're aiming for a June release at this point anyway. Um a good chunk of the songs are done and uh, yeah, aiming for three singles by June. Right. And the name of it is Nebularis. Yeah, Nebularis. <laughs> okay, so you're um, a science fiction freak, a bit like uh, Keith, I'm nearly sure, is big into science fiction too. I could be wrong, but... I'm sure is... we're all nerds here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, how important is that in relation to the, the stuff that we can expect of you? Is there a science well, fiction team running through it or...? Oh, definitely. I mean, the band itself is made up of um, four dorks, basically. (laughs) Um, We all have our cinematic and um, soundscape. uh, We all have our cinematic and soundscape inspiration. So we're definitely uh, putting them through. And yeah, like hopefully, I mean, if people like sci-fi and, you know, cinematic scores, they're going to definitely enjoy this alongside kind of, you know, heavy devy um, riffs and a dream theater vibe in some areas as well. So. Okay, and it's not going to be an instrumental. Is there vocals on some of those? Oh, there's vocals, but I can't announce that just yet. But it'll be a, a great surprise for people anyway. So, oh, class. Um, and you have Terry McHugh of Altus doing bass. Good acquisition straight away. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, Terry McHugh and I have been friends very long. Well, we're both naughty, so we've been friends a very long time. So, um, yeah, it, fa- it felt wrong not to have him and like he's just been delivering such of course i mean if you've ever heard him play i mean it's just mind-boggling you know he's just superhuman in terms of his playability and yeah even with damien on drums as well both of them complement the sound uh really really well so and can we reveal about who's uh, producing it can i have uh, a guess you can you can gosh <laughs> Josh! Yes, of course. Well, give that away. The naughtiness, yeah. <laughs> Who wouldn't have Josh on board, you know? <laughs> uh, he's, uh, he's, he's just fantastic. So, uh, yeah, JSR Audio, uh, he's going to be producing it. And I just I just trust him entirely with uh, the yeah. sound as well, you yeah. know? So You're absolutely guaranteed. He has very intricate uh, mindset when it comes to um, just mixing and uh, producing in general. So. Mm. Now, have any of you all met before? Keith, Mo, have you have your paths crossed? I don't think. Adrian. I don't think so. That's mad. Like the only place might have been the siege, but 
I probably wouldn't have remembered. <laughs> siege or fibbers, as I said. <laughs> if I didn't need you at siege, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> uh, like, I'm sure I'd probably, I'd probably give you a piggyback to the toilet at some stage or something. <laughs> You're talking to Adrian there, yeah? I, I don't know. It's just open to everyone. <laughs> it's, not, it's not about me, really. I'm usually ah, in critical okay, condition okay. anyway. Well, whatever stays in it, whatever happens in the toilet stays in the ha- toilet. <laughs> what happens at the stage stays at the stage. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Like now, no, I know more. You were involved in the Ireland Metal Project, Adrian and uh, Keith. Were you tempted to get involved in that at any stage? No, Adrian, no. <laughs> I actually was. I would love to have been a part of it. Right. But uh, the only thing putting me off was uh, they were talking about maybe gigging it live at some stage. Mm-hmm. I couldn't really commit to that because I was in a band at the time, cover band thing, and weekends were taken up. So, yeah, I didn't want to let people down and go. I can't do the the live side of it, but I would definitely have would have loved to have recorded. Definitely, yeah. You know, I think the live side of it was optional, though. You know, like because uh, I did it with three people that were from. Oh gosh. Two were from Dublin and one was from Cork, so mm. we couldn't possibly do it. would have been awesome to do so, but I, uh... What was it like for you, Mo? That track, The Morgan, is absolutely brilliant. It's one of my favourite tracks on that, the second oh, album. No, seriously, I, I absolutely loved it. And when I had the lads on, it was quite plain and saying as well, like Julia's vocal delivery for that was fucking outrageous. Oh, savage, like absolutely savage, you know. Came quite organically as well. I mean, it was just a very... Um, it's very organic, you know, just riff and then the rest of them followed suit as well. So, yeah, um, like shout out to Veronica of Neon Empire and Zoe Kavna and as I said, Julia. In relation to Witch Kekker as well, um, is that part for the while? Um, like, with, I suppose with anything like before lockdown, some things fizzled out and like I would love, like there is talk with the girls of getting it back together and um, just think that uh, lockdown kind of put a little halt on things there so mm, of course it did but I mean I, I would imagine it inspired all of you creatively wise to um, come up with new material mm-hmm. Adrian you're after releasing a fantastic EP congratulations man The Ancient Dark oh cool thanks very much it's love it yeah. awesome thanks a lot man and I was shocked man I, I just didn't realise that you were behind Necrokinesis as well or necrokinesis? Yeah. How would you pronounce it? Necrokinesis, yeah. Necrokinesis. Yeah. I was just going, holy fuck, that's the same dude. Same dude, same dude. Yeah. yeah. Like you were in Stereo Nasty for people that don't know. And maybe you could just take us from when the band, I presume, are, are you split up or are you kind of in hiatus or what? Stereo Nasty is, is, uh, is split up. Uh, okay. Gone. Um, it's it's kind of gone with a, a sort of a dot 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 question mark to be continued. Um, like there's about three quarters of us that would do it again, mm-hmm. uh, but it's just down to our singer uh, Mick, uh, who yeah. I, I don't know, and, and and to be honest, I don't know if I do it without him because his voice was such a big part of it. Like, yeah. um, so it, it's it's gone. Um, I, I there's no plans to bring it back or anything like that, but um, never say never, you know. Maybe at some point. Mm. I had the privilege of seeing he play the siege twice. I think maybe I definitely saw you at one time. Anyway, cool. Yeah, um, yeah. It was uh, like Stereo Nasty was. It kind of uh, it, it took off a bit, and it was it was a great way to to get out and to 
tour and do things and 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 um square experience like um mm-hmm. it sort of uh it, it kind of ran its course i think um with the two albums um and things went really really well for us um it kind of haunts me wondering what could have happened next if if we had kept going if we had done things because we had things were starting to open up first like and we were starting to build a bit of a fan base across Europe and stuff like that so um yeah it would have been well, it would have been cool to see what happened next but like uh, at the same time it was a great experience and, mm. and, and no complaint you know so yeah. it, it was cool you know in relation to the band finishing up and I presume you had maybe two or three completed songs hanging around were they potentially stereo nasty ones and then did they end up in Necro or did they end up in The Ancient Ark? No, none of that stuff. No, I, I did have uh, I did have other Stereo Nasty songs that never wound up. Uh, I kind of I was writing the third album. Um, okay, but they were they're still knocking around there somewhere as the the third Stereo Nasty album, but never mm-hmm. happened. Um, like I, I was writing some of the the stuff that wound up on the Ancient Dark. Some of the, some of the stuff that wound up on the on the EP there was I was writing that back when Stereo Nasty was still going. Um, uh, okay. Some, of the necrokinesis stuff might be knocking around, but I had everything very kind of compartmentalized in my head that even if they're nasty, was still going, I was just sort of planning and doing something on the side anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I, I kind of was, was figuring that, um, Stereo nasty was very 80s heavy metal yeah. and very much in a box. And uh, I wanted to do stuff that was outside of that box one way or the other. So, um, yeah, no, there was no, there was no stereo nasty stuff owned up anywhere else. Like so, and mm. if it sounds like it did, that's just because that's just how I write. It, it's not it's, there was no like leftover riffs or anything like that, you know. So yeah, and would you describe yourself as more of um, a rhythm guitarist than a lead guitarist? Yeah, very much so. Uh, very much as a, as a rhythm guitar player, as a, as a riff guy, uh, as a, as a, as a, that's always been my my thing. I kind of learned how to play solos and stuff, or whatever, <laughs> just because. Okay. There was no elite guitar players knocking around, and um, it also because it allowed me to be a bit of a control freak and not have to bring in some lead guitar player that whose ego my clash with mine. Um, <laughs> some little, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, um, yeah, no, but like, I, I'm playing rhythm guitar is, is my thing, I just love uh, riffs and rhythms and stuff, and um. Like I I I'll I'll play it every day and play for hours and stuff like that, but it's always just riffs and, and stuff. That's where where I'm at. That's what that's my, my shtick is, that's my thing, you know. So um and I can play lead, I've I played lead in a couple of bands, I can play I can do solos, I can do stuff like that, but it's it's kind of a necessary evil, like you know, it's just mm. something that I do because I have to do because the song needs it, not because you know it's my thing, like you know. And Mo, would you be, would you think more in the line of rhythm or lead guitar? Uh, definitely rhythm as well, man. I mean, like, I, like, I don't, like, I love making a really, like, kind of circular, catchy, there's a word I'm looking for, robberous, I guess, riff, memorable. Like, I like making uh, riffs that kind of, you know, stand out as opposed to, you know, a full solo. I wouldn't be, that wouldn't be my strong point either. But, uh, I, yeah, I agree with Adrian, you know, like I would, I think we'd be kind of similar players in that aspect. Um, just, be, I don't know, like I just wouldn't concentrate too much on solos per se. I know mm. that I'm the only guitarist in the solo album as well, but, and there is solos, 
but yeah. I do mainly focus on uh, riffs and the general progression of the song. Pete, how good are you? Thing, I don't know. <laughs> how good are your guitar chops? Uh, I'm good enough just to write my own songs. Right. You know, that's that's a, like I couldn't play Sweet Home Alabama, but I can play. I can play my 1916 stuff no better. <laughs> but I couldn't play an Oasis song, so I can Yeah. I learn what I need to, and that's about as far as it goes. But I was yeah. actually lucky enough, uh, you probably know PJ, do you PJ O'Connell? Yeah. Head fuzzy. He right, actually yeah. offered to record the guitars for me. That's wow. could he? So. And was that kind of a, a situation like Adrian, where you were just going, nah, this is my own thing? And... Um, yeah, I'm a bit, a bit controlly as well. You know, every single note. But I kind of learned to let go of that a little. Mm. And, you know, Peach is one, to me, is one of the best guitar players in the country. Yeah. Along with yeah. the lads here, obviously. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, definitely do what you think is best for these songs. He, he pretty much stuck to what I wrote anyway, you know. Yeah, so he just, um, like, he is on the the three new tracks, is he? Does he make an appearance on them? He's played rhythm on all my EPs so far. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay, okay, yeah. okay, cool. So yeah. Awesome. So are you just mainly concentrating then, Keith, yourself on, is it just bass and drums yourself or is it just all drums um, and synths? Or? Drums, synth, bass, I record. Okay. Uh, I record a scratch tracks guitar for PJ then. Yeah. Send them off to him, he'll come back. Basically note for note of what I did anyway. <laughs> and then he go, oh, well, I, I put some cool lead here. I don't know if you like it or not. And it comes back. It's, it's the best soul I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, yeah, I'll keep that. <laughs> yeah, you've got you know? that demeanor about you, like you're fucking fairly easy going. Yeah, yeah. That's, um, that's yeah. great, man. Who am I to? Peaches, unbelievable. Yeah. You do mm-hmm. what you think is best. It'll be fine, don't worry about it. <laughs> no, so I've been definitely lucky enough to, and I've had friends, well, I kind of left them alone for this EP, but the first couple of EPs, I've had Graham from Vicious Head Society. Oh, and Mick wow, from that's College. some player, lad. Yeah. Um, Alan from Symbiotic tomorrow a few kind of special guest friends yeah I kind of left them alone for this EP but mm-hmm. yeah it's definitely been cool to have them would I be correct in saying as well lads that your location is very important in relation to getting these guys to appear on, on your albums or EPs especially with you Keith in Limerick man you have a great scene in Limerick and there's lads there you can call at heartbeat yeah. well yeah, like, I suppose with the internet now, you can kind of call on anyone, really. But mm, that's the cool thing about it, yeah, as well. Yeah, but um, it's the lads of Astor are just friends of mine. The mm. People I've played with anyway, like I'm okay. head fuzzy with PJ. Yeah. And I know Mick Carey from Zella Cult my whole life. Yeah. And I've played in the cover band with Graham. Mm. And we're good buddies, you know. And, and Alan, I grew up with Alan as well from a band called Sam. Or we were in a band called Mysteries End years ago. Yeah. Nah. He's in a band now called Symbiotic tomorrow, and I do all the drumming for him. Yeah, that's so, right, actually. So they're all great players, but they're all friends of mine as well. So I'm yeah. kind of lucky. <laughs> Adrian, how would you find that situation yourself in relation to where you're living and stuff? I, I, I'd imagine it must be hard for, for you to jam and meet people. The nearest place is probably Dublin, is it? Yeah, it's very, it's very difficult. Like, I don't really have anybody here around. Like, um, the nearest to What's me, the name probably, of the town again? Bagnellstown. 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 Okay. Yeah, so probably. I'm still the nearest, that. <laughs> <laughs> Bagnellstown. 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 Yeah, really yeah. Um, so you're more or less left to your own devices, there, my man, aren't you? 
Yeah, I am uh, very much so. That's my own devices. Um, like uh, the nearest town to me that has music pro- probably be my hometown, a tie, which is down the road. So that's that's m- probably more and beloved in all season, and that you know those yeah. guys are there. But yeah, very much on, on my own, and and very much like um, away from the music stuff. Like, and uh, most of my friends are like kind of uh, comic book nerds or jujitsu heads or something like that. Not really uh, music friends as such. Which, mm. um, so, like, I, I, I'm very much isolated from it, and and I'm kind of doubly sort of uh, isolated because I'm dreadful with technology and dreadful like like that there. That's that's about as high tech as I get. I've got one of those little boss BR things. That's what I use for all my writing and stuff like that. And um, I, I'm recording stuff at home and sending files to people. That's like asking me to do some Chinese economics. It's just, it's just <laughs> not going to happen. It's not in me. Yeah. Uh, I, I kind of, um, but I, I kind of, in in a way, I kind of, um, I sort of embrace that and sort of see that as being like just a kind of a freedom in that. Um, and there's a sort of freedom in, 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 in that there's no real expectations beyond much put on yourself and um, mm. you kind of get to work on things on your own and you're not worried about other people's thoughts and influences and stuff and rubbing off and stuff. So but I have thought about it like, and, and, and I have like, um, it, it would be great to be in, in Limerick or Dublin or somewhere where you have other people that you can call on and do stuff like that. It's so, not worth the price, um, man. <laughs> it's not worth the rent. <laughs> <laughs> but I suppose that's why someone like Michael Richards then is really important to you, Adrian. Massively so. Like, I've mm. done so much stuff for Michael Richards over the last, Jesus, probably 10 years now at this point. But it's it's hugely important to me. Like, if, if, if he closed up shop, it would be like, I don't know what the fuck I do. Um, it's very important to me to have someone that I can trust and I rely yeah. on and, and that I can go to and that I can um, kind of have a good sort of working relationship with recording like and stuff. And um, Because I, I'm very much uh, like, obsessive about, like I was listening to, to Keith there talk about allowing um, PJ and stuff to get involved. And like, I'm, I'm envious of that. Like, I wish I had that type of thing, but I'm such... I such like control and such the idea of someone else having an influence on it would just give me like, such huge anxiety. So I'd be like, no, I need to be in, in such control of what's happening here. It's um, your baby, so, you know. But it's your baby, you know. It's my, yeah. So, um, so that's why, like, I, I really trust Michael Richards with ideas and really trust him, like, um, with like guitar sounds and with um, you know different things. It's like he doesn't really produce as much as he kind of engineers and stuff. But if he does have like some sort of producer ideas, they're usually on the money, like you know. So yeah. But yeah, without without him, I'd be screwed. Like yeah. So yeah, it's a kind of vital part in the whole process for me. Yeah. In relation to instruments you played, then Adrian, I know you had to kind of embrace the whole vocal side of things. And you've done a great job on it. I, I'd imagine that must have been a bit difficult for you initially as well. Uh, like, um, I've never been a singer for any of the bands I've been in. I've always done like back vocals and stuff like that. Um, I was in a few like heavier bands a long time ago. Um, a few like kind of, uh, and I used to like do, I had a pretty good death metal growl back in the day. So, <laughs> I, uh, uh, um, but like I haven't got to do any of that stuff for a while. So like um, another thing about when you're on your own and you're doing music on your own, 
uh, you don't have the luxury of going to a practice place and like fucking singing through a PA a couple of nights a week to get your chops together. So I had to, you have to be creative. And I, I learned how to sing in the car and the way to work because I have an hour commute to work. So nice. I found the pesh mode or something and I just like practice my singing. And then um, anything that I could, if I could get any instrumental mixes and stuff, I'd put on and try and sing and stuff like that. Or mm. I, I'd, have, I'd play this game of like, I'd, I'd put on a CD and try and find the note before the singer came in. And then if the singer came in at the same note as I did, I was like, yeah, I want the money. So. <laughs> Um, you just have to practice that's mad to you, man. are you um, a drummer or a bass player as well who did that or are they programmed or what the drums are, are programmed um, uh, I just don't think at this point in my life I'm going to learn how to play drums uh, so it, it's like uh, I did think about doing that like, but just to get to the level of what of what would need it to be to be like I, I just saw so it's programmed drums and um, uh, and then we just I'd, I'd play bass and do all the guitar parts and do the vocals and stuff. Mm. Um, yeah, so and like it, it's kind of like I yeah. So I wouldn't say I'm a bassist as such. It's it's just I, I play bass on the I did on I did on the necrokinesis thing and I did it on the ancient dark thing and um, I don't even own a bass to be honest with you. I just I just use the one that's in the studio. So yeah. <laughs> fair play. Jesus Christ, that's mad altogether. One man Joe over here. Keith, back to you. What about lyrics? Do you ha- do you struggle sometimes with lyrics? Uh, well, all my songs are instrumental, so. so I that, is, that, is that and... the reason why? Uh, no, I'm fine with lyrics. I don't sing. <laughs> yeah, I'm not and... singer. I used to write lyrics a lot back in uh, before maybe 2000, back so mid 90s to. We used to write a lot of lyrics back then. Right. We, we had a singer at the time, but I don't know, I could have just stopped, just yeah. stopped writing lyrics. Would yeah. you not trust your own voice in relation to, like, there's surely songs there that have come up in relation to your own solo work that you must have thought of, wonder if I could I, um, maybe add a female vocal, your own vocal. I think I've probably taken the instrumental thing as far as I want to, I think, now. Okay. With this bunch of songs, uh, like, they were all written back in 2009, 2010. Oh, really? That long ago? They're all written as an album together back then. Okay. You know, and then my daughter came along and I just, I thought being a parent was a bit more important. Absolutely. After a few years, kind of gradually started getting back to it, but they're all written together. And what my point is. (laughs) Um, So yeah, it was just a matter of giving them a proper recording, you know, Mm. but like now it's 12 years later and my head's kind of in a different place now. So I think going mm. forward, I think it'd be kind of cool to get a vocalist in. Yeah, I've listened to a good few of your stuff, man, and you can definitely single out a few few songs that would look, that would sound really well if there was a female vocalist floating mm. above them. But um, yes, I, I was just why it's, that's why I said it to you about lyrics. Yeah. Would that be just an issue? That's why all your stuff was instrumental up to this point. And uh, No, it's just, it was kind of like Adrian, really. I, I kind of didn't want anyone else involved. Okay, cool. <laughs> this is my little thing. Yeah, I, yeah. I've kind of grown out of that now, really, as well. I've kind of gotten over the little the fear of it, you know. But back when I wrote these songs, it was very much. I don't want anyone else involved. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah, of course. And I, I'm, I can't sing, so that was okay. I'll arrange them as instrumental, so you know. Mm. But I'm 
I'm definitely opened it now. And yeah, man, everybody can, everybody can sing. Get that on your head straight. Yeah. Right? No matter how fucking bad or good, who's the judge, you know? So Yeah, yeah. I could do a bit of roaring over them, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mo, but, uh, I'll throw that to you. How are you with lyric? Do you find yourself oh, daydreaming and some of these lyrics? I don't. Uh, like the, I mean, like I wrote a few, a couple... Two verses. I'm not gonna even gonna bullshit here. Um, I wrote like a couple of verses for a couple of songs. Um, Holocene and Inhibition. Actually, yeah, I wrote the lyrics to Inhibition. Uh, that's one of the singles that are coming out. But um, yeah, I just I like for me, I have to be really without being so cliche or in the moment. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But um, it's it's hard for me to express myself through words. I like noises. <laughs> okay. And that's absolutely cool as well. Yeah. I was, yeah. I was just intrigued in relation to there'd be nothing worse, I find, for all of you that like, well, but Bar Keith now, but what, what he could be coming out in the future, trying to force lyrics and oh, yeah. force music to suit lyrics. Because it is, a, it is um, it's, um, a talent in its own right to, to, yeah, to get lyrics poetry, to match the know? music. Yeah. Would you struggle that way, Adrian? Um, um, I, I I don't know. Um, I I I, I tend to, to to really overthink lyrics and stuff like that. Whatever. Um, I I had to kind of sort of think about music in a different way. Uh, normally, if I was writing stuff when I was a singer in the band, friend of bands have been over the years, I'd very much write with an idea of this is a verse riff, this is a chorus, this is whatever, this is that. And I would have ideas as to where the vocals are going. And then I would have a sort of loose idea in my head as to what the structure should be. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of, the way I listen to music and the way I sort of think about music, I'm very much of the music and of the riffs and of the rhythm and stuff like that. And, mm. I, and I kind of have a tendency that... Some of my favorite songs, I don't even know. I could play a song for you, but I, I wouldn't know the lyrics. Like, I don't really listen to lyrics, I don't really think yeah. about lyrics in that way. Um, and it's something that I had to kind to try to learn to do. Um, so at the start, I sort of struggled with it. Um, and I kind of I was like, What do I want to say and what do I want to do? And I, I found that the less I thought about it and the more I just sort of let it out, that the easier it was. But I kind of have, even when I'm writing lyrics, I, I tend to think very much, I come up with the melody first. I come up with uh, what way it's going to be. I hum along with stuff, I record myself mm-hmm. singing along to stuff. And then I write the words to suit the stuff that I'm after doing. It's never a case that I have like this really great first and I, I kind of force it in. Like it always starts with um, the musical side of stuff first and then I kind of make the lyrics fit that. And I try to just think about making a vibe or making whatever like you know and so it's natural yeah yeah i try to make try to make it as not try to make everything as natural as possible yeah. Mm, yeah yeah cool i'll try this at your key how many hours uh do you spend the day playing music playing music well, i'm the worst practicer first of all i don't i never practice really you know, i'm just i'm ashamed of myself like <laughs> but i'm always working on music though yeah you know i'm always recording or Right, but well, mostly recording nowadays. I'm actually out of work at the moment, so mm. a big list to do list. So I'm kind of making my way through it at the moment. But I'm always doing music. What do you have at hand? Is it a synth or, or something? Um, I have a synth here, my guitar, bass. Okay. I actually write all my stuff on my daughter's acoustic guitar. <laughs> what synth do you have, actually? 
Uh, just have a micro cork. Hmm. That's all I have. Uh, I just write on that. Some VST stuff. Give Molly a shout out there, man. That robot panic video was excellent. <laughs> the robot picnic party. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she wrote that years ago on my phone. You know, that's where I write all my simp stuff on my phone. Like, I'm just so lazy. You know? <laughs> yeah. Mo, would you spend a lot of time? Because your videos are always uh, entertaining. And I love the way you do put them up. Like they're unedited. There's my guitar. I'm going to play a cover song or I'm going to do this. Yeah. Uh, it's very organic, which I like that. All very, uh, very tongue in cheek, everything I do, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but would yeah. you spend much time playing? more uh, well, like, like when I'm working uh, I work in this two schools so in between lessons it's a constant like you know like like I'd have to be practicing um, you know my spare time to kind of get away from the Yankee Doodle or um, smoking the water repeats every day you know um, but yeah no like I spend a lot of time especially on my days off as well like whenever I have a day off that's me that's my time and then you know I hit the pub after. <laughs> but, of course, um, you're a music teacher as well, correct? Uh, yeah, yeah. So I'd, uh, I teach predominantly guitar, obviously, and a little bit of piano and, unfortunately, a bit of ukulele as well. <laughs> cool. Yeah, yeah, the ukulele is awesome. <laughs> you get the reward as well when you see the kids uh, being able to play music and uh, coming yeah. up to scrape, I'd say. Oh, yeah, it's nice to see them kind of develop a passion as opposed to... TikTok, or you know, yeah, the enemy um, technology. Can I, can I ask you a question, Mark? Because I, I wonder about this with people that sort of that music becomes their profession. Do you ever find it hard to like to keep your own personal music separate from your professional music? Do you have to try and like sort of this is what music and this is what I teach, this is what I enjoy or or do you ever find like that they sort of meld over or, or do you actively try to keep separate? Well, yeah, for the most part, yeah. I mean, it, it's a it's a sorry state of affairs when um when a kid doesn't recognize a little bit of ABBA, but then again, you kind of have to, you kind of have to, you're a teacher. So you kind of have to be like, okay, ever heard of this? No, okay, well, you're going to like it. Come back to me next week and they're like, oh yeah, listen to two of her songs and they develop there, you know, so... Um, but it's, yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, I would find that sometimes even I come home from work and the last thing I want to do is look at a guitar, you know? I suppose, yeah. Um, especially when it comes to exam season as well with the, yeah. the students, you know, so, but, um, I guess it's, it's, I guess you kind of have like your little, your personal life and your work life, you know, you separate them mm. as much as you can without, uh, twitching your eyes. <laughs> Yeah, I can't imagine being in any house without music going on in the background, being truthful. That's the way oh, I lived. I lived my whole life up to now. And I, I just find it alien to be in any environment when there's not music playing, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. Even going into people's houses and sometimes I don't even have music on. I'm just kind of going, ah, lads, I get anxious and I go, any chance I could put on a tune there or something, yeah. you know? A little it's bit of white noise and <laughs> so ingrained in, in my psyche just that I have to have music, you know. I get in awful trouble because I walk around with my phone in my pocket, blasting music all the time, mm -hmm. and the stereo would be on. <laughs> you know, I can't go to the bathroom without my phone because 
I need to be listening to Rush or something while I'm making a wee, you know? <laughs> yeah. I suppose it's all how we're brought up as well. Like, we've all been exposed to music since an early age, I'm assuming, definitely. Yeah. So, um, yeah, like, it's all how you're brought up, I suppose, and what you've been hearing since you're able to kind of pick up a little melody when you were a kid, you know? Your family had the musicians come into the house or was there musical equipment in the house? No, I tend to, like, I was a bit of a nerd when I was a kid, so I locked up myself in a room and listened to a lot of Guns N' Roses. <laughs> oh, bad? <laughs> yeah. For sure, yeah. What about you, lads? Um, have you, are you coming from musical backgrounds with uh, parents, siblings, or maybe two? Um, Keith, yeah, of course. Well, my, was, my parents listened to music, but not, not religiously like we would, you know, mm. like I do now and stuff. Yeah. Um, Yes, yeah, so my mother played guitar for a while, took some lessons, but it wasn't a big thing in the house. So music was wasn't massive, but I I just got obsessed when I was thirteen, or I heard Guns N' Roses, and just just got obsessed, like yeah. literally. And then Metallica came into my life, and everything else just was was gone. <laughs> I, just obsessed, and kind of that's. It's been like that now for 30 years. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you think Lars is still a good drummer? Lars is the best drummer on the planet. Oh. <laughs> I wish I was as good as Lars. It's, it's nice to hear someone defend him. It is. It. It's just strange. <laughs> the thing, the no. thing with Lars, the thing with Lars is if you if you put Lars on his drumming ability. And so then you're missing the point of Lars. Lars is like he sets the vision of Metallica, sets the mood, he's the range, the dynamics, everything else. And when you listen to and Justice for All or Master Puppets, and you hear how like amazing the dynamics of the songs are and the structure is, that's all Lars. That's that's what he does, that's what he mm. brings to the table. So his double bass might not be the best in the world, but it's sort of to a certain extent almost irrelevant. Like he's he's kind of the, the producer within the band. Um, that's what makes Lars great like and that's why I always have like I'm a huge Metallica fan of the first 10 years and I can that's so like I'll always have like huge love and respect for Lars because of that like um, but yeah that, that's what makes him great like you know mm. do anything past reload or load you're just like <laughs> not even that far I hate load and reload I'd <laughs> uh, have to agree on that Adrian myself but uh, he's just a bit of a motor mode as well which never helps right so I'm going to play one song first of all and it's going to be Tacky Boots and Technology it's off Keith's latest release give it a blast <laughs>
So, Keith, that's coming out on March the 11th. Uh, Friday, the EP is out, yeah. Yeah, Tacky Boots and Technology. What's the idea of the title? Um, it's, it's all, as I said, tongue-in-cheek. Yeah. But uh, Tacky Boots, it's kind of um, an old school and new school meet. Okay. So tacky Boots, you know, you know, Tacky Boots is like a limerick thing, is it? Do you know what a tacky is? No. No, it's a limerick thing. Uh, right, what is it? That's a tacky. Ah, okay. So that represents, you know, 80s metal, you know, mm-hmm. and technology is just, you know, clashing with modern. Yeah. It's a tongue-in-cheek thing. Yeah. You know, so there's all the glitchy sounds with the old school riffs. Yeah. There was some I thought fun. it was kind of funny. Yeah, and, and it blends so well because, I mean, that, yeah. that's a whole art form in itself, getting the synths yeah. to blend in with that, all those rhythms that were changing constantly and some fantastic guitar work over it as well. Yeah, well, the guitar, as I said, the, it was all written 10 years ago you know, or, or well, more, 13 years ago at the stage. Mm. Uh, but the synth was something that came later, you know, because I have a love for synth as well, you know, horror synth and John Carpenter and all that stuff. Oh, yeah, Carpenter Brood, is it? And a few others. Or, you know, all John Carpenter's movies, you know, Halloween and yeah. 80s synth. Do you know what it reminds me of? Do you know what it reminds me of? It's like, it's like, it's got the, like an old retro kind of video games like kind of like oh Splitters or Street Fighter or something yeah. you know Spot it's on. kind of got that vibe off it I love yeah. it it's absolutely stellar like oh, cheers thanks yeah but it, that's kind of what I was going for you know I, I, a bit, I hear some death in there like Chuck's liner stuff like I can kind of hear that and the riffs is that, is that... <laughs> of course <laughs> yeah I, I love death I love Chuck uh, yeah death I think that has been an influence on every single thing I've done. Here, Andrew. Mm-hmm. Oh, kind of, I don't know how what <laughs> you the can there, you know. Mom might be able to help me out, but the way the wrist kind of move around or modulate or something, that kind of sounds like that. There's a little bit of polyrhythmic kind of playing in there as well, from what I can remember. Mm. I, I, yeah. I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. That sounds amazing, man. Thank you. Yeah, because I mean, <laughs> I used to live near a fun fair, and you know, you'd always be in there. You'd always hear those arcade games in the background, be it yeah. pinball machines and Space Invaders and all that. And such yeah. such a cool thing to have it blended into that kind of form of music. It's really cool. <laughs> it's it has. It sounds like um, there's a thing I think about sometimes when it comes to like retro stuff that you kind of get this sort of like there's retro and then there's like retro futurism and it's kind of like how the future looks from the retro perspective. If you look at like 70s sci-fi and 80s sci-fi, there's this idea of how the future would have looked like from their point of view. And yeah, there's yeah. like retro future. Like a tech noir, tech noir yeah, kind that's, of thing. That's what You're absolutely spot on. Because mm-hmm. when I'm saying old school and I'm talking about the future from the view of the yeah, 80s. Yeah, that's it. You're 100% correct, yeah. Obviously, nailed it. Cool, <laughs> cool. Yeah. That's Fair play, Adrian. We're such gonna, nerds. <laughs> I was going to say, because there is such a, there is such a, a kind of a, a real throwback to and a good vibe about the 80s with, with the likes of Stranger Things and shows like that where, where it's done so well. Yeah, literally, you'd literally think it was filmed back in the day, and 
for that for that to work they have to have a really good soundtrack as well and yeah and and that's a lot of your stuff Keith as well I think would fit comfortably in with uh, some some kind of unusual anime or movies soundscapes yeah, I'm actually I'm writing a music for a fan film thing at the moment perfect my introduction to it but it, it's all synth it's, it's not really yeah. a metal thing but it's just trying to trying to blend those two, like I kind of had the metal stuff and the synth stuff very separate. So I kind of wanted to find a way, you know. To bridge them. To bring it together, you know. Mm. I said I'd give I, it a go. <laughs> I think it works, lads, definitely. Mm. 100%. Yeah. So, Adrian, I'm going to give one of your songs now, Blast, and it's my favourite one off the album, and it's the one you gave me, actually. Funnily enough, it's the opening track, Dark Hours Turns to Years.
class, lads. Love it. Well done, my man. Thanks, thanks. I'm hearing, right? I'm hearing now I could be fucking 100% wrong, but um, I'm hearing New Model Army, Paradise Lost, and some yeah. other great fucking 80s kind of gothic metal bands coming through there. Mixed with with a with a nice modern blend as well, maybe a Morpheus or someone knows. Ah, uh, the bass tone is fucking class. Like I love like that Terminator's ribcage tone. You know, monstrous. <laughs> <laughs> Deadly. I don't own that bass. I just that's just the one they had in the studio. <laughs> what what bass is it's it? It's a Warwick. Or... Um, it's a, it's a uh, uh, I think it's. A, <laughs> I'm not sure what, what it is. Um, it's just a Warwick. It's just fucking such a great sounding bass. Like an everything really. Savage. Cool. I love a good like tinny sound with bass. You know what I mean? Mm. Mm. Keith, what were you thinking when you were listening to that? Would you love to have fucking added drums to it? I I record with Adrian anytime. I'm a, I'm a massive go. fan of Adrian's playing. The story and nasty are arguably probably my favourite Irish band of all time, or, or at least up there. Wow! I absolutely love the story and nasty stuff. I have my my cassette and my T-shirt, and yeah, I was heartbroken when they broke up. Jesus! But uh, I'm a big fan of Adrian's playing anyway. So yeah. I will have to do something sometime. <laughs> Hear that, Adrian? You're going to have to leave go of the reins at some stage and get Keith in. Yeah, like, yeah. Just move the bag on the sound. And <laughs> <laughs> I don't, everything's internet. I don't meet any of the lads that play my stuff. I've no interest in talking to them. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the EP, The Ancient Dark. I love the artwork as well, Adrian. Who did that? I can't, I, I can't remember the guy's name. Um, it's really bad. Like, no, I, I, I kind of went looking for artwork that I liked. Uh, and uh, I found this artist that was doing some stuff that I really, really liked. And like, I contacted him and I was just talking about it. And, and um, I, I need to remember his name, but I can't remember his name. But um, Where's he from? Roughly, it's what part of the world is he from? Mordor. Mordor. Somewhere like, uh, I don't even got to try to pronounce it, but it's a very unpronounceable kind of Indian sort of name. So, um, but he had he just had huh. some stuff up. I mean, it took me fucking ages to find something that I liked. Um, but to go back to your point there about the, uh, yeah, Paris Lost, huge, huge influence on that. A uh, bit of uh, kind of uh, amorphous, that sort of early, kind of early mid 90s melodic death metal type of thing. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And then to try and uh, add some sort of other influences into that rather than just like trying to recreate Shades of God over and over and over again. But yeah, um, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the, the kind of vibe of it. Like, yeah. Yeah, man. Congratulations. As I said, it's a, it's a brilliant EP and uh, it's great to have a physical copy of it as well. Um, fair play. Thanks for buying it, you know. <laughs> really appreciate it. That's what I do. Um, well, we're going to have an old witch kicker track to finish up the podcast. That's <laughs> nature nurture, and is it repent? Is it or resent? Resent. <laughs>
superb riffage, Mo. Thank you. That's like pure fucking Motley Crue. Yeah, we were described as that uh, quite a few times at our shows. Like <laughs> down the freeway. It's like I remember someone being, "Oh, you're, you're like a female Motley Crue." It's like, really? <laughs> That's good praise for me, anyway. Mostly sound wise, not image wise. <laughs> <laughs> Adrian, are you a fan of that music? Yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was that was really awesome. Yeah, very, very much a fan of that. Very much a fan of, of Motley Crue. Uh, all that stuff. Yeah, very, very cool. Uh, very uh, kind of like, a, it's like a modern reinterpretation of that stuff. Uh, it, it's kind of mm. like, it's, mm. it's, it's quite cool. Yeah, very, very cool. Um, bit of Guns N' Roses in Definitely there. Definitely not well. our attention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can hear Guns N' Roses coming through as well. But like, Oh, yeah. Overall, yeah, it's a real you. fun vibe song. I mean, like, I hope I hope you really get together again and get out some more of that stuff. More I hope so too. Like, it's in, it's possibly in the works. That's what I'll say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are you a fan yeah. of that, Keith? Absolutely love it. Mm. Yeah, Poor drums sounds insane. <laughs> I don't know. I love everything about that. Yeah. Plus, I mean, it has to be the greatest Irish band name of all time. It's a class name, isn't it? Yeah. Thank you. Ten ton slug and witch kicker. Oh, I'm at the there top. you go, man. <laughs> Fucking hell. There's a tour there in, in itself, isn't there? Imagine just oh, for the name, just for the poster. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was excellent. Thank you, guys. So, like, um, before we wrap it up, what do you enjoy the most about being a solo artist? We'll start with you, Keith. Um, I suppose I just like not having to depend on anyone, really. Okay. You know, uh, Molly heads off to school at eight o'clock tomorrow and I come straight up here and there's kind of no limits, you know, like, well, not that I'm great at anything, but I've enough yeah. to get what I, I have enough to do what I want to do, you know, yeah. so, but not depending on someone not showing up or, you know, so that's, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. I'm getting so much recording on it at the moment. It's insane. That's it's really great, great you know. So creatively, it's been building up a long time, so, you know. Yeah, so creatively, like you're, you're, you're really happy. What, where you're going now I've, with the new I've stuff? Ne- it's never been going better at the moment. That's great news yeah. to hear, man. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Congratulations. Oh, yeah. Cool. Thank yeah, you. Awesome. Adrian, over to you. What was the question again? But what's what's good about being? What do you enjoy the most about being a solo artist? Um, uh, uh, probably. Not not having to go to band practice is probably is really really good. Like, <laughs> uh, I I I could say the creative freedom, but any band I've ever been in, I've always been the sort of driving force between all that stuff anyway. So if, if I was in a band, but I think not having to go, I um I not the biggest fan of band practice in the world. Uh, like the the um, in stereo nasty, the lads that kind of tend to sit around. We might practice for five hours and four hours. I was probably spent giving up about Karen Jordan. So not not having to be around that or being involved in that is really great like um and just the freedom of of everything happens so much quicker like um when you write a riff on a monday it exists on the monday and it's in the band and it's your thing you don't have to wait to go to practice on friday and it gets the seal of approval for the rest yeah. of that for them to hum and haw about for a few days it just exists and everything happens faster which is a great so yeah mm-hmm. there's, there's definitely upsides to it yeah cool Mo. yeah i agree with adrian um I mean, the boys that I work with, like, they're very, it's all very, everything's done within a couple of days in terms of um, sending things back and forth, you know, and I feel like lockdown has probably taught us all how to kind of get technologically 
advance with that um, in terms of sharing ideas and working working from home, basically. Yeah. Um, I, it's nice just to have as uh, it's like it's nice just to have like uh, independence and uh, you know your own driving force, as Adrian said, like you know your own baby, basically. Yeah. Um, whenever you're creating your own album, and um, yeah. Brilliant. And long may it continue, lads. It's, as I said, uh, you're really talented people and I'm a big fan of all your stuff. I'll just go back over it again. I'll just go back over it again. Um, Mo, your one is Nebularis. Is that correct? Yep. And that should be all goes well with Josh and Reason everything else. coming out by June. By June. Max. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, Adrian, The Ancient Dark. Is out now. It's on Bandcamp, correct? Is there still CDs available? There are a couple of CDs available. Um, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's on Bandcamp, and we'll have it on Spotify soon. It's on YouTube and all stuff. Get it, I'll get it up over next next few days. I'm pretty bad at looking after all that stuff, but yeah, it's at it's, um, it's up on Bandcamp. Anyone the CDs there still? So yeah. Oh, good. And Keith, yours is yep. out on March the 11th, which is Friday. Tacky Boots and Technology EP. There's, is there three or four songs in it? Uh, three songs on this one. Three songs yeah. on that one. Uh, but the video to Tacky Boots is out already right, on yeah. YouTube. But the EP um, is out Friday. Uh, no physical. No physical. Re- I, I keep saying I'll release a physical release, but I never get around to it. <laughs> you need to do it. You need to do a tape, Keith. Or, or you, need to, you need to do a cassette. There you go. Well, I, I actually have a sort of a, a plan to compile my three EPs, give them a bit of a remix, a remaster, and re- maybe release them as an album. Yes. A, Great idea. Yeah. You know, well, more of a compilation of the three EPs into one album. They were written as an album in the first place, anyway. Did you uh, uh, release it on cassette, obviously? Before I leave you go, Keith, did you actually do the video for Tacky Boots yourself as well? Did you create that video? I, I, I'm so stubborn. I do ev- everything myself, that's, mix it and master it. I'm just so stubborn. That's really good. I'd recommend anybody to have a look at the video, man. It's really good. Really good. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. Cheers. Awesome. Thanks. Yeah. Okay, lads. Thanks a million for coming on the show. Crucially, support your local metal scene. And again, once again, Absolutely. Mo, Adrian, and Keith. Thank you. Take care, lads. That was great to find you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Cheers.